everyone, and welcome to the one-year anniversary of the High Sensitivity Gaming Podcast. It's episode 50. Before we get too much into it, I just want to thank you all for being a part of it. My name is Barry, with my co-host of now one year. It's been a year. That's crazy. My name is Craig. Still the same as when we started. I came up quick. Yeah, uh, it's been a journey, and to think that we've only missed two weeks, and I think really we've only missed... One week was literally because I was dying in bed from from surgery. So I think I think I can be forgiven for that. I and think so. We'll let it go. Me. Yeah, we had milestones like having Mega Ran on and we're mm-hmm. still working on trying to get more, you know, of the gaming icons that you guys know to be on the podcast with us. But you know, we're I can't can't wait to see where we're gonna go from. It's, yeah. it's been a lot of fun, and today is, you know, March 11th, when this podcast goes up, it will be the one-year anniversary of it all. So Crazy. Feel, feel free to, like, listen to 10 minutes of the first podcast we ever did, and then listen <laughs> to 10 minutes of what we have now, and I imagine it probably sounds a lot better. I'm scared. I'm really scared to go back and listen to that. The intro is probably the same, because I always write down the intros, but the... The talking about of gaming and the news and probably right. the movie section has definitely expanded, especially on my portion of things, just because mm-hmm. movies were never a huge thing for me until you know a lot more recently. Now you don't have a choice. I like watching movies, <laughs> you know. Yeah. I for a while I didn't go to the movies for like years. You know, mm-hmm. I've I missed out on so many good movies uh, then, but it's because you know. My parents weren't interested and my friends weren't interested in going to the movies. So doing this made a lot more sense. And now that I'm older and can drive myself to the movies and don't have to, you know, have to see it with a friend or have to see it with my parents, you know, it's it's nice to be able to go to the movies as, as much as I want because it is a good experience. And, you know, yeah. I haven't been able to go to the movies for a while now because of COVID. So it's much yeah. like being... 13 with no license (laughs) (laughs) i'm just like eagerly awaiting the day that we can all get back to the movie theaters hopefully some big marvel movie or something yeah and before we get too much did you i'm not and this just came to mind did you hear that james cameron is releasing avatar again in in theaters yes in theaters to try (laughs) and retake the most grossing movie uh which is right now endgame I don't think it's happening in America. I think it's like in the Asian markets that Avatar will be coming out. But I just find that hilarious. It seems pretty petty to be that worried about not having the highest grossing film anymore. But I guess if people want to go see it again, I feel like I've watched that movie probably a handful of times. And that's probably enough. It's a long movie. It is. But with that, we're going to go ahead and get into the news. We have... Not a lot, but we're, you know, we're getting there. It's after looking at both of the games we played this week, it's kind of like, wow, uh, we we're hitting another slow rut here because mm-hmm. uh, there are a lot of games coming out in April, but the month of March does not have much at all until, nope. until the end of it where, you know, we get Monster Hunter Rise and It Takes Two. Yep. Which, you know, It Takes Two isn't a big game, but I'm super excited for it. Yeah, I'm really that's one of my most look look forward to games of the year, I think. Um, And it's coming at a good time because we got I wouldn't say a huge dump of games at the beginning of the year, but a decent amount. And now it's kind of dying off and then it'll pick up a little bit again in what May, April, May. And then it kind of dies off again. So I'm ready for it. It takes two. Yeah, sure. So first news story I have is Ghost Shishima directors getting ambassadors of the island of Shishima. Uh, they got these ambassador kind of tags or named them ambassadors due to their work on the game. And this is the directors from the studio of Sucker Punch. And I just thought that was really cool news. Ghost Tsushima is really like well known for how great the game looks and how historically accurate it is to the island of Tsushima. Mm -hmm. So I just think it's cool that all that work that you did and now your, your name is kind of in Tsushima's history books for being an ambassador of the island. which It's just cool in general. It was really like cool. being an ambassador of, that, of an island. That'd be awesome. It shows, it shows the time they took to make sure it was done right, paid off, and people appreciated it. Like, I wasn't a huge fan of that game, but it doesn't take anything away from how good it looked. 
So congrats to them. <laughs> yeah. Uh, one piece of news that I had was it is officially official that Microsoft now owns Bethesda as of what today or yesterday or something like that. Um, and then a, a slight yep. piece of news that came out of that as well that I thought was interesting. They did confirm that some of these games will be uh, Xbox and PC exclusive. They didn't say which ones, but some. So it could be an interesting little game to try to figure out which ones they're thinking of. Probably Elder Scrolls or something, but I don't know. It could be interesting to see if they try to take back some of that ex- exclusivity that PlayStation has on like single player games, if this is their way of getting that back. So I guess kind of the big question I have with that is, and I'm just thinking about certain titles, but like we know Deathloop, which I think is being produced by a studio in Bethesda. Mm-hmm. Uh, we know that's going to be multi, um, multi-platform. Right. Things like Elder Scrolls, things like Doom. Like, do you ever think, and if they ever go back to the Fallout franchise, do you think they could get exclusivity, you know, done with those types of games? Yeah, I, feel I think like that hurts Bethesda in the long run. Yeah, I th- well, it depends because Microsoft owns them now, so they, I don't think they really have a say. But Doom, I think, stays multi-platform. Um, I could see them, honestly, I could see them making the next Fallout exclusive because that would be huge. may not be the right move, but I could see them doing that. Yeah. And then Elder Scrolls, do you think that would also stay multi-platform? I think so. Um, but if they wanted to try and take back some of that RPG market that Sony seems to have lately, then they would do well to make it exclusive. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm interested to see what kind of games that are exclusive to Xbox with kind of quotes around them to see what ends up being done. Cause we, I think it's a lot of like with the deal with Psychonauts two and double fine Psychonauts two was already under production. And so that's going to be one of the games that even though the studio Double Fine is owner of Xbox is going to be going to other platforms. So I don't know whether or not the next Elder Scrolls is far enough in development where they decide, okay, this was already in development. It's going to go multi multi platform. Yeah. So it's it's stuff like that and legal issues that, of course, we have no say or, you know, any any sort of info on. Yeah. But it's uh, it's interesting nonetheless. You know, people talk about how the like exclusivity console war is not a good thing for gaming and it just looks like it's going to get worse before it gets better. Yeah. I just think it's them being like, you know, they're getting constantly hearing Sony has all the best exclusives. Sony does single player, right? I think this is just part of their way of trying to fight against that. Make you give you a reason yeah. to buy an Xbox. Yeah. As over the over the week, we've heard a lot more heavier news on a Switch Pro being rumored. Mm-hmm. Uh, specs are probably going. The specs are speculated that it's going to have a bigger OLED screen, which is different from the liquid crystal display that the current Switch has. The OLED screen is going to be rumored at about seven point two inches, which is going to be a decent amount bigger. And when it is docked, it can do four K. Now. Uh, I'm excited for a Switch Pro. I hope that this kind of thing does well. The only thing, and I was listening to a lot of podcasts about it, for example, like IGN's Nintendo voice chat thing. They were talking about how like, the Switch might be able to do 4K when docked, but when it's undocked, it's still going to do the regular like 720p type thing. So in mm-hmm. my mind, like they mentioned that the, the processor for that has to be like super... Um, I'm just trying to think of the word they used off the top of my head, <laughs> but it has to be like underclocked because if, if when you plug it into just like, you know, a display port, like, you know, much like how the Nintendo switch dock uses USB-C and it can go up to higher resolutions, like going from 720p to 4k is like a big jump yeah. in a lot of ways. So there are talks about how with this, with that, when it's undocked, it's going to have better battery life as mm-hmm. well so that the, there's a lot more rumors that i just thought i'd get out there because if you're looking at getting a new switch and a lot of us who have it since day one you know your battery isn't as good as everything else your joy cons are probably starting to yep uh, to get worse and worse if you're playing in a lot more 
And if that's the case, you're probably wondering, oh, I should probably get one of these newer versions. And these Switch Pros are either rumored to be out summer of this year, fall, or early next year. So it's kind of like a wide range there because some reports are saying August, some reports are saying holiday, like November, and then other reports are saying in March when likely the next Breath of the Wild game is coming out. Yeah. So a couple of things that came to my mind was, first of all, I haven't been using my Switch as much in handheld mode as I first did. Like when I first got it, I never docked it, but now it's switched and I pretty much only play docked. But when I was playing it handheld, I felt like even the size of the original Switch was a little bit too big to be holding for long periods of time. So I don't know that a bigger screen is going to be. I don't I don't know. I feel like it's going to be super uncomfortable. Um <laughs> trying to hold that forever and then the second thing is you know the new screen do we have to worry about burning because it's an oled or not yeah um, i think we oled yeah you'll have to worry about but i think the main thing with this is the fact that you're switching games so often or the console is going to sleep right so often and you know tv some people you know leave their tvs on for multiple days at a time without ever turning it off but yeah. with consoles a lot of the time you plug it into charge when it's almost dead and that's when the screen is sleeping. No console battery lasts, you know, 24 hours. Right. Yeah. And I don't, how does that, the other thing that I was wondering is like, how does that work if they come out with this, right? And it can do 4k docked. How does that work when they're making games? Because now you have to make it be able to do 4k, but also you have these older models that can only do what? 1080p docked sometimes. Um, how does that work for them? Are they making different versions of the game? Like, are they going to be, this is the regular Switch Mario Odyssey 2, and then this is the Pro Odyssey 2? I, I just don't understand how they're going to do that. Um, or maybe it's an update, I don't know, or something yeah, you yeah, download. It's, yeah, it's a big jump, that's for mm -hmm. sure. I really don't know what the plan is there with it. But I have I have a feeling that what they're going to try to do is they're going to, they're not looking to replace the Switch. They're looking right. to just have a bigger pro console launch alongside of it. So you right. have the light, the regular, and then the pro. So I mean, it would make sense then that this would replace the regular Switch, right? So you would just have the Switch Lite and then the Switch Pro, maybe. Um, and if that's the case, what, what do you think they put the price at? If the original Switch was $299. I have to say that this is probably going to be three ninety nine. I don't see a Nintendo console that costs five hundred dollars. Right. If, if I'm being completely honest, just because that's not usually Nintendo's way. Like Nintendo's usually all about making it so that the console is affordable to as many demographics as possible. Right. And according to other stuff as well, like there's all of these shortages with the semiconductors going across the world for, you know, the gaming consoles for computer parts and for video cards. And apparently this this will have the equivalent power docked of like a PS4 Pro or an mm -hmm. Xbox Series X. And if that's the case, apparently like Nintendo's going to have the pick of the litter when it comes to parts because they're not really using the next next gen latest parts that you yet so right. it so apparently supplying these switches is supposed to be much easier they're still going to be impossible to find i think but maybe not as bad as the series x and the ps5 right now hopefully yeah yeah i think <laughs> yeah i think right. i would i would be willing to upgrade since mine is still the the mario version that came with mario odyssey so i'm due for an upgrade I just have to weigh whether I think if it's $400, if it's worth it for me to get it, if I'm going to be using it enough or not. Yeah. Um, so I have some fresh news that just happened today. Um, we have uh, Myers Leonard from uh, the Miami Heat NBA player um, just pretty much ruined his whole career today. So that's fun. Um for those who don't know, he plays for the Miami Heat. He's been hurt this year, so he has been on Twitch. And uh, he decided today he was playing Call of Duty, and he got killed by somebody and decided to let some racist remarks go on stream. Um, and then after that, he kept playing, and eventually he gets a phone call on stream, 
I'm assuming from his agent or somebody, but uh, he then says, oh, my wife needs me. I have to go. He's already been dropped by his sponsors. He was sponsored by Origin, EA Origin. They dropped him and the NBA is looking into it as well. So it's crazy that, you know, this like five seconds of him losing his mind playing a video game could potentially cost him his career, right? He could be his uh, contract is up at the end of this year with the Heat, and I can't imagine that they're going to re-sign him. So I... (laughs) I don't feel bad for him because it's not that hard not to be racist. It's really not. Just don't be an idiot. But uh, it's how fast that happened was insane. Yeah, I I had no clue until you just told me. It's kind of amazing Mm -hmm. how when you're a public figure and you probably have, you probably have at least a couple hundred people watching a stream, Mm -hmm. how fast and just a slight slip of the mind could Mm -hmm. easily get you, you know, get the rest of your life completely canceled, especially when you are looking to, to put yourself out there. And like, he was probably doing Twitch, you know, to also make side money off of it Yep. and build his platform to him succeeding past being or playing basketball, which a lot, it's a lot of sports athletes are doing that right now. Yeah. You see more and more of professional athletes going into the Twitch arena because it makes sense, right? You already have a following. So it's very easy to start a Twitch channel and automatically have subscribers and viewers all the time and make a ton of money. So I get it, but um, people need to understand that you have to watch what you say at all times, especially when you're streaming. (laughs) Yeah, no kidding. And, you know, I was, it's not really news of the, of the global platform, like some of the stuff we're talking about, but even when I did the 12 hour stream, Mm-hmm. which if you guys are interested, it's on Twitch and I did it on Saturday. You know, it, you will, it, there's a camera on me the entire time. I have to mm-hmm. be, even if I'm frustrated and even, and I'm going to make this clear, even if I wanted to say something, you know, that could get me canceled, you have to like, you, you gotta be like, I'm on camera yep. and you shouldn't be saying that stuff off camera to begin with. as Well, but you know, pe- people see you and it's, it's just kind of ridiculous to me, and I don't know if, like, these slight moments are kind of appearing, like, oh, this is what this person is actually like when he's angry or something like that. Mm-hmm. There's too many factors to deal with. But, you know, you, you have to you have to be careful, especially to anybody who's trying to start up streaming. Like, you have to make sure that, you know, you don't have anything around your room that could be taken as, you know, some sort of subliminal message and, like, for the most part, you know, we both have pretty video gamey or bland background. Yeah. I've got a curtain in my background. <laughs> and right now you can see my laundry, but when I stream yep. I move the I move the laundry <laughs> out of the way. So the only thing the only thing you see in my camera when I stream from this angle at least is just the the pile of uh Funko Pops behind me just gets steadily bigger as we go on. <laughs> It just keeps adding. You know, I have to I have to say, like, when I look at that, like, I just <laughs> see how tall that stack is. It just keeps getting bigger. Is. Yep, it's bad. <laughs> but if, you, if you're interested, I do plan on streaming more. It was funny, after the 12-hour stream, I was just like, oh, you know what, I could probably do it tomorrow. I could probably <laughs> do, you know, another eight-hour stream or something like that. So I plan on streaming on Wednesday, so we'll... Expect me on there. I will probably be playing Kingdom Hearts because I'm going to finish that on stream. But yeah. uh, it just goes out to everybody. You know, just make sure that you're careful of what you're doing. And when streaming, you got to think about what you're saying before you say it. Yep. We have breaking. We also have news today. Not really breaking news, but Disney Plus. I put Disney Game Pass on the screen. <laughs> Disney Plus passes 100 million subscribers in six months man so first off good for disney plus also this is this was kind of to be expected you know you have you you have a platform that's overall succeeding with especially hits like wandavision and on top of that you know and even for me you know when i first got disney plus it was because it was included with my verizon you know plan so you have all those people who have Verizon and then everybody else who's getting it and paying it monthly. Uh, 
Disney and I know a lot of the complaints right now are that Disney Plus doesn't like really have a lot of content like that appeals to other people other than people who like Disney movies, Marvel, or National Geographic, which I guess they have a point just mm-hmm. because there's if you aren't a bought into the Disney fan world or the National Geographic stuff as well, Disney Plus doesn't offer you much outside of of what they do best, which is what Disney does. So it, it's impressive that you reach 100 million subscribers there, and it should only get better yeah. as we continue to go on here, as they continue to grow their library. Yeah, I mean, if you compare it to like, you know, I think we both had it. Did you have it day one? Yeah, Disney I did, Plus? yeah. Okay, so did I. And like comparing it to that first day, when you looked at it and you're like, oh man, there's really not that much here compared to like, not just the TV shows. Cause you have Mandalorian and you have, um, WandaVision and you're going to have winter soldier next week, but just the other movies, random movies that they've added, there's a decent amount there. It's not on the level of a Netflix or a Hulu, but I think there's a lot there besides just your standard Disney movies that you could find something to watch just about every day. But I think this is going to help add to the amount of money that they're willing to throw at Disney plus. Yeah. Um, and as long as people continue to watch their shows, like I was going to say like WandaVision, I think was one of the most watched things um, for a week or something like that, or for a couple weeks running. So as long as people continue to support that kind of support their content, they're just going to continue to bring out more content as well. As long as people continue to, support it they'll probably continue to pour money into it yeah um along the uh tv slash movie line i guess um hbo max right they just had uh tom and jerry last week i think that was last week um that came out and they had a little bit of a slip up there and it didn't happen to me but i wish it did uh people went to watch tom and jerry and it was actually loading the justice league uh the snyder cut um Kind of bummed it didn't happen to me, but apparently it was happening to a decent amount of people. So I think it's fixed now. I didn't try it, but uh, I think I, apparently I missed out. I could have watched the Snyder Cut early. Yeah, I read the same article as well, and I thought what was funny was the fact that if, like, it's not something you could go back to. Like, I guess mm-hmm. HBO was so quick on the trigger when this happened that people like Saul were seeing a little bit of Snyder cut and were cutting their streams. So <laughs> when people backed out and reloaded Tom and Jerry, they actually saw Tom and Jerry. I, gotcha. I don't have, I didn't see any reports of anything. Somebody actually watching the entire movie of, right. of the justice League Snyder cut. So I have a feeling that, you know, somebody was sitting there, you know, watching or seeing Tom Jerry go live and then hearing about, Oh no, like the Snyder cut is, <laughs> has been released and somebody's behind the computer frantically trying to cut off the <laughs> justice league version. I mean, the only answer is just to release it, right? It's, it's done. It's ready to go. It's on HBO max. Just let it go. <laughs> yeah. You have anything else uh, from my point of, yeah, just a couple smaller things. I did want to mention that EA play and game pass add like the year 21 sports like Madden NHL and NBA And I want to mention that this is kind of the first year that we're seeing all of the sports franchise come to EA Play and on Xbox Game Pass. In past years, you know, NBA had been given away on Xbox and on on PlayStation. NHL occasionally does, but you've never seen games like Madden come out on EA Play. So I think we're starting to get to the point where... You know, if if you want to get a sports game, maybe it's starting to be better to wait. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you don't need to have if you don't need to have it day one, you might be able to hold off for it's it is a while. You know, Madden comes out in August, so it's been almost so it's been about six, seven months where you can if you don't need it day one, you can wait and maybe these games start to come out a little bit more you know, there's not as big of a wait time for it, but you know, to anybody who paid 60 bucks for these games, like within the past month, I feel sorry for you. Yep. Uh, with gaming, it's always like this. You know, if you're an early adopter, you pay max dollar. But if you're willing to wait, you know, two, three months, the game is for 40 bucks or 
thirty or twenty, depending on if you're Anthem or not. So, hmm. or Cyberpunk. Yeah. So if 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 you want to play those games, you need to have either Xbox Game Pass Ultimate or EA Play. Then, and that was my kind of quick spiel with that. And then also we had Pyra and Mither release on Smash. It was I I played a lot on stream. You know, Smash is when I get a little bit more wild, is what I'm gonna call it. With, uh, a little. With, with with my streaming, it, was it a, was it bad? Was it a lot? You were. I don't know if it was just because of how long you've been streaming, but man, when you hit smash, you are a whole nother animal. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. I might, I, who knows? Maybe I'll have to watch that back. And maybe that's <laughs> the kind of person I need to be when I'm streaming all the time, but smash gets me heated. That's mm-hmm. just, that's just the way smash is. You know, it's not meant to be a fighting game. It's meant to be a kid friendly family game. And we take it to a whole nother level. On the stream. <laughs> so it's, it's just small little news, and if you haven't downloaded the patch or are interested in those characters, Pyra and Mitha are, are from Xenoblade Chronicles 2. If you're interested, uh, you can either buy the pass, or if you already have it, just go ahead and download them and play. They're yep. fun characters, and their anime is heck. <laughs> yeah, they are. So with that, that's going to be it for our new segment. We're going to go ahead and go to games, which is, again, where we kind of both looked at each other and went, we're both kind of dry. Mm-hmm. on on games for this week so for me it's not a new game but it's state of decay 2 now state of decay 2 is completely different from what i thought it was i originally thought it was one of the games where you create your own character and you're in a constantly online world and you can pair up with other players and kind of raid other kill other people imagine the division dark zone and if you don't know what that is it's kind of your your character and you go into a pvp universe where there's loot around the world that you can grab or you can kill people for other loot as well like it's meant to be encouraged to kind of two people fighting over loot and then getting a, a lot more out of it so state of decay kind of surprised me with it's not that it's you get a you get to select a pre-made amount of characters and communities which are three and you go around killing zombies and finding an outpost and you get to make your life there. You need to collect things like food, oil, building supplies. You need to collect a ton of different equipment in order to upgrade your base and also recruit more followers. When you recruit more followers, you can get bigger bases and you can do a lot more things with your base. Like defending it so you don't have to. And also having things like a farm so you don't have to go out and scramble for food. I can see the game is fun early game. I'm having a lot of fun playing with my friends, but I also see where probably toward end game, you're probably not interested in doing it at all because you would probably eventually make a community that's self-sustaining. So you don't have to go out and get food. You don't have to go out and get ammo. You just constantly have this flux of stuff where you don't need to go out and get anything. I I didn't pay for this game. I'll make that clear. Uh, it was on Xbox Game Pass, and it was free, and it was the Juggernaut Edition, which I don't know what DLC that has, but it's there. But I liked Campaign. I had no problem with it, but I couldn't see myself playing playing it long-term if, it, if I was by myself. Like, I much prefer the experience Valheim does, where, you know, your character, your, and that's the, kind of the same thing have a character you go and get stuff you create a house create a community that kind of thing but state of decay kind of makes it a little bit easier to where you're not just collecting everything like wood or meat or stuff like that and there's a lot of choice in the game as well where somebody steals from you you can chase them down you can either be like hey give me my stuff back and i'll and i'll spare you or you kill them on the spot and it's kind of this zombie apocalyptic world so people are always trying to either be nice to you and trade or steal from you and take stuff while you're doing other things in the world. The game's all right. I'll say that. I know State of Decay 2, I think, had a lot of problems at launch, so I didn't have the same problems when starting this game. But State of Decay 2 is definitely like if you're looking for a game to play with your friends co-op and you don't mind the zombie-type shooter, 
I think it's fun. But playing by yourself, once you're really invested in your community, you're not going to be playing it for long. Yeah, I downloaded it when it came out because it came out day one on Game Pass. Uh, but my mistake was is I played it by myself and I bounce off that game so fast. I think I played for like an hour and I was like, this isn't it. Um, but if I would have been playing with other people, I probably would have stuck with it at least for a while. Um, there's stuff there that seemed interesting. Like there's so many choices and stuff you can do, but trying to do it by yourself is just, there's not a whole lot of fun there. Yeah. And I also don't know, like I made the couple decisions in my game where I decided to kill the, kill the thief or kill the a-hole that decided to, or is hoarding weapons because it's not safe for, you know, the community, quote-unquote. And I really haven't seen the negativities from that, if I'm being honest, you know. I'm, you know, I'm waiting for people, maybe they eventually start attacking you because you're the person who's too powerful. I'm not sure if that's how it goes or not. But mm -hmm. it... In, in all of this, all of your characters have special, you know, specialities, you know, you, you kind of have to build your community to be uh, pretty even when it comes to, you know, somebody's really good at cooking and these are, there's other people who are really good at combat and shooting, that kind of thing. So there's a lot of like, there's enough depth in the game for it to be there, but a lot of this, a lot of this game just seems like doing the same fetch quest over and over again. It's constantly trying to keep your community from running out of supplies, which, you know, that's fun for a little bit, but once you eventually have enough supplies to make, you know, something self-sustaining, it's probably not fun anymore. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'd be willing, I guess, to try it again with people, but I don't know. I just, it left like a bad taste in my mouth solo. So I would have to be, I'd have to be like three other people being like, yeah, let's play it. And then I'd be like, all right, I'll get back into it, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> do you play anything else uh if i'm gonna be honest i'm tr i'm trying to recall i'm trying to recollect like you know everything i played on stream was stuff we've talked about whether yeah. it's getting further in Bravely default Two, persona five strikers kingdom hearts i don't really need to talk about that <laughs> um, right you know i've played valheim there's golf with friends like yeah i've, I've talked about all these games like i said well, we're in a, we're in kind of a dry spell yeah. At least I feel like it. So we, I started Bravely Default 2. Um, I'm still super early, but uh, I know you're enjoying it, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, there's a couple of things, I guess, and I have to give it time. Like, I want to be fair to it because I'm not that far in. But uh, a couple of things that are kind of not annoying me, but are a little concerning, I guess, is one, I don't know how I feel about the art style. It's different. Very weird, not what I was expecting, but I think what caught me off guard the most so far is, am I crazy at thinking the writing's bad? Um, <laughs> it's hmm. it's some of the see, like see the dialogue's weird. Yeah, no, it, it it is definitely meant to be weird, but I mm -hmm. will mention that in Bravely Default One and Two, it was also a little weird before things got more in depth like mm -hmm. the beginning in all of these games seem to be a bit more silly rather than serious mm -hmm. and have these outlandish characters that kind of act in weird ways but right. as you get further into the game you know the characters start to become more serious and the writing starts to tie up a little bit yeah. so if if you can give the game its fair due i think you'll find that the writing gets a lot better mm -hmm. but until then yeah i'm, I'm I'm in agreement with you where Bravely Default is a little bit kind of weird and funky in the beginning. Yeah, I I really like the battle system, right? I think it's cool um, being able to, you know, store up moves or, you know, borrow moves, I think is a very cool idea. Um, gives it a little bit of a fresher take on the traditional turn based RPG. Um, your main character that you can name whatever you want. I think his original name is like Seth or something. But uh, man, I know this was yep, made. Yep. Yeah, I know it was made by Square. Uh, but for those who have played Final Fantasy VIII, I don't know how many people have because it's an older game. That character model is Squall, the main character from Final Fantasy VIII. So like I was like, oh, it's Squall, which I thought was kind of cool. 
I know it's not, but like his hair, his outfit is almost identical. So I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. I don't know if they meant to do that as like a nod or not, but um, pretty cool. So I am going to give it its due. I am going to try and play it a decent amount this week and and really figure out if it's something I want to stick with or not. Um, but it was just that some of the conversations in the beginning, I was like, this is this is weird. That main like I don't know if they're main, but the villains who show up in the beginning and take uh, some I forget what they're taking from the princess, like the guy who's in like the night armor. He's the weirdest dude. Yeah, I've ever seen. Oh, yeah, he's <laughs> yeah, he, he is weird. That That yeah. is for sure. But yeah, I it's it's def- go ahead. I was going to say it's definitely interesting at the fact that you that you kind of mentioned the Final Fantasy thing because mm-hmm. I didn't see Squall until you kind of mentioned his clothing mm-hmm. where his clothing is very this, this the color scheme is very like Leon or Squall from Final yeah. Fantasy. Yeah, yep. It's that so black it's, and white with fur. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. What were you going to say before I interrupted? My bad. Um, that's I mean, that's like the main thing I've played that's new. Obviously, like I streamed a little bit earlier in the week. I got back into Diablo three and I'm still playing that. Um, I might stream that again. We'll see. Still as fun as ever. I'm super pumped for another for Diablo four, but that's probably a long ways from coming off coming out and then uh you know i think we both kind of got sucked down the dark deep hole of apex again i don't know if you ever came out of the hole but i did for a while and now i'm back in <laughs> i don't know yeah, if it's a good uh, thing or a bad apex thing has consumed our, <laughs> apex has consumed our lives and mm-hmm. for me like i like I, I just like apex like it's it's the kind of battle royale that's i, I don't know what it is i can't get into Warzone. i have a like Warzone's time to kill is just so quick sometimes, and the guns fire so fast that there's not even a chance for you to turn around and uh, even get a even get firing back off. In Apex, if you have a good shield, you can get hit, turn around, and try to turn the tables. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's I kind of find that a bit more fair. You know, it getting the advantage should, shouldn't mean automatic death. It should mean, you know, yeah, I'm penalized by not being in the right position and being damaged. I don't know. That was just kind of something that came to me while thinking about the differences between the two biggest battle royales. Yeah, you're not wrong. Going back, I remember last time I got sucked into Apex and then I went back to Warzone, like just realizing how quick I could kill people in Warzone was insane. Um, I mean, if you have the drop on somebody on Apex, you can pretty much put them down before they get a chance to fire at you. But Nine times out of ten, they'll at least get the chance to shoot back at you, which is which is good. It doesn't feel like it's totally unfair. Um, You know, we just had the new what the new events and all that stuff came out today. So that's more reason to play. Um, And I think the new character fuse is is great. So I'm happily back into this and and we can hopefully not have to go back to Warzone for a little bit. Yeah. So before we get into the what we watched this week, with it being the one year, and I was just trying to think about like favorite moments of the podcast so far. Mm-hmm. Like for me, I thought having Mega Ran was such a cool thing, and I'm so glad that you were able to set that up with him. Like it's, you know, he's he's big into video gaming, and it's nice to see someone who's into like classical games. Like I didn't grow up with Mega Man, mm-hmm. like how you both did. But it was really awesome to see the passion he has in this. And, yeah. you know, he does it through his music as well, which is awesome. And then one of the other, like, things I wanted to mention is, like, probably the most fun about launching or some of the most memorable aspects was doing the 12-hour stream because I had never done anything like that. Mm-hmm. And even having a platform to just, you know, express my ideas and especially, like, sometimes when I get on a rant or talk about a game, like, those are the types of memories the memories I have the most like my my Animal Crossing rant is something that I'll, I'll <laughs> die on that I will die yeah. on that episode as being you know some of the most fun content there is because it uh it, it's it's funny to hear your guys's reaction as to like when I get angry or very you know heated or passionate about a game where you know it's you you look at the clock and it's been 15 minutes and you're <laughs> like wow like everything about this game was just not it and it was just funny 
uh, with the Animal Crossing because it was literally the biggest game at the time. Yeah. Of, of when I ranted on and on about all the flaws with it. So it it is what it is there. But do you have any favorite memories at all? Um, the Mega Ran one was really cool. Um, that was like doing that was interesting because he was the first like you know pretty popular guy that we've had and uh it was when we first started it was a little awkward i don't know if it came across that way when we were recording but like trying to like still act like we're normally having a podcast when you have somebody like that on is interesting right because you're not like you don't want to be like awestruck but it's still weird to be like all right this is somebody that has a big following and took the time to hang out with us which is really cool um other than that like 100% I had so much fun doing the uh Last of Us Part 2 dive into that with with Tom and also the Cyberpunk one with Rachel was awesome. Um yeah. like those were just a yeah. good time just to literally just spend an hour or hour and a half or whatever talking about one game and really get to dive into it is fun. I like doing that stuff. So you know we're, we're just kind of waiting for the next game to do it on it. We had talked about doing Resident Evil maybe. Um, but there's going to be other games coming out that we're going to want to do. But those are those will always be a highlight for me. Yeah, we'll do Resident Evil. Like, no mm-hmm. matter how scary it is, I will get through that game. Yeah. Even if I have to, you know, have a te- have a teddy bear with me or something. Like, <laughs> something ridiculous to get me through the, the scary parts. But, um, you know, if, it, those are just some of the highlights and moments. If you want to go look at those podcasts... Uh, they're pretty aptly named yeah. and described, so you should be able to find them pretty quickly. I know if you're looking to maybe suggest a podcast to somebody, our most played one is Pass Interference, which was with me, Craig, and another Craig that we occasionally podcast with as well. And he really, um, like we talked about Madden, and I definitely ranted about Madden in that episode. Mm-hmm. So if, if you're if you're interested and maybe want to suggest a podcast to somebody that you know uh maybe go with uh pass interference because it is our most played by far yeah now before we get into movies uh Mm -hmm. for the year and in order to say thank you to all you guys i wanted to do a bit of a giveaway my plan is when this podcast goes up on the march 11th we are going to do a post uh me on twitter Craig on Instagram about the new podcast coming out. All I'm going to ask is that you comment and tell us you and just comment and just say something about how, you know, what was your favorite game or your favorite memory of the podcast? Like either favorite game or memory, either one that'll put you in a drawing. I will draw one from Instagram and one from Twitter. I will be doing $50 gaming cards. I not going to decide what it is because I'm going to let the person decide when they if it is a, if the person wants a PlayStation, it'll be a fifty dollar PSN card, and I'm gonna do one for Instagram and uh, Twitter. So make sure you're following those accounts, and on March 11th, those posts will be up, and then the following week on air, I will do a randomizer with all the names that responded to that podcast, and if if you win, just make sure your DMs are open or your Instagram messages are open. And we'll make sure to get you those prizes. You guys have supported us in ways that I can't describe and how much it means to other folks. So this is literally the least I can do to other people to make them kind of listen to us. Yeah, it should be cool. I'm excited. So let's go ahead and go into movies watched for the week. So do we want to get into Raya and <laughs> Last Dragon or WandaVision first? I don't care. I I have those two and then I have another movie. So I was busy this week with movies. So you pick. Okay. I want to say like I would have another one, but I can't watch Chaos Walking. I think it is like Chaos Mm -hmm. Walking isn't online. And once that's online, I'll watch it, of course. But until then, let's go ahead and do Raya the Last Dragon. And then I'll let you talk about the one you watched other than WandaVision. Sure. So Raya Raya the Last Dragon was released on Friday, and if you pay 30 bucks via Premiere Access, and I know that's kind of a lot, considering yeah. who you, uh, you know, depending on who you are to watch a single movie. Uh, Ryan the Last Dragon, I had fun with it. 
It mm-hmm. was cool. It was very pre- it's a very pretty animated movie and I think Disney's taking a lot of really good strides in making their like female Disney princesses a lot more um like confident and likable and not as kind of weak as sometimes some of the other Disney princesses came off as in the movies. Yeah. Um yeah, the whole like strong female lead that isn't white, right? Is cool. Um I also like the idea of them being willing enough to be like, you know what? We are Disney, but we can make a movie and we don't need music, right? We don't need 10,000 songs. Not that there's anything wrong with what they do with like Frozen or something like that, but I appreciated that it was a straightforward, you know, kids movie, but also it had action in there. It had, you know, lots of drama. Um I think all the actors and actresses killed it in this movie. Um, it's good to see, um, I'm going to blank on her name, Kelly Tran, I believe, from Star Wars, right? Get more recognition. Yep. Um, Aquafina killed it as the dragon. I thought she was hilarious. Um, just overall, I thought it was a fantastic movie and uh, a welcome addition since I get so pulled into the Disney universe because that's I go to Disney so often, but... That she Rai will be a welcome addition to the princess category. So um, it looked absolutely stunning. I thought I'm always impressed in, with uh, animated movies of how well the water looks. And there's a ton of water in this movie. So it was just I thought it was great. I a fantastic movie. I can't give it enough praise, really. Yeah, like one of the things that like when you talk about animation, I couldn't believe there's this one section in the movie and it's pretty early on where Raya is talking to her father, uh, Chief Benja or Benja, and the camera cuts to this like portrait mode of Benja and the way his facial animation is moving and the way he's talking just seems almost too real for an animated movie like that. That especially uh, stood out to me. And one fun fact, Alan Tudek is voicing Tuk Tuk or Tuk Tuk <laughs> mm-hmm. in the movie. And he voices this kind of, I, I don't know what the inspiration for it is. I want to say it's an armadillo, but they mention him as being a bug of some sort. So I, I really don't know what the inspiration for Tuk Tuk is. But Alan Tudek voicing him, I was like, that is completely <laughs> out of the blue. Yeah. So many good characters in this movie. Um I don't know. I just thought it was great. Even like the the action sequences I looked I thought looked really cool. Like the fight sequences were great. Yeah, so. uh, Raya has like a sword that works much like fire byleths and fire emblem <laughs> where it's kind of a whip as well. Yeah. And when it, it was a nod to fire emblem and I went, "Yes, this this movie's exactly for me." Yep. See, I'm not engrossed in the fire emblem, but for me, I saw that sword and i was like oh it's ivy from soul caliber um because she has the sword that turns into a whip as well but it could have been either one but it was probably fire emblem but yeah fantastic fantastic movie if you don't want to wait i mean if you don't want to pay 30 dollars, this will end up on disney plus in a couple months probably anyway so if you don't mind waiting you'll save yourself 30 bucks but if you pay the 30 bucks it's totally worth it Yeah, even as someone like me who just watched it by themselves, like I know the reason they're paying thirty is because they expect like families of four or families of three to be watching the movie together. Mm-hmm. But uh, Ryan the Last Dragon, like I can't explain enough how much like uh, Kelly Tran and like Aquafina's like chemistry in this entire movie is just so much fun, and yeah. I didn't know what to expect from Aquafina as the dragon. But she absolutely like kills it in every way, and uh, a lot of the actors do here, uh, and and really make everything just so much fun and enjoyable. The yeah. the the only really criticism I have about it is I feel like the the Disney princess not trusting somebody is a theme that's kind of like they hit it hard in this movie. You are constantly reminded about how. You know, Raya, the main character, doesn't trust anybody. And, you know, the whole point of this movie is, you know, maybe if you put a little trust or take the first step toward trusting somebody, then, you know, things can look brighter for everywhere. It's just just something, this movie really kind of nails you with it 
over and over and over again. And that's something that I haven't seen in a lot of the Disney movies, I think. Kind of get a theme, and it kind of grows throughout the movie, where in this one, it's constantly reoccurring. Yeah, they definitely make sure you don't forget the theme is to trust people. I think you hear it at least yeah. 10 or 20 times. <laughs> I, I, Yeah, it's at least between 10 and 20. You're mm-hmm. not wrong. But yeah. uh, what was what was the other movie you watched? So I watched on Netflix, I watched the movie Moxie. Um, which was made, made by, uh, Amy Poehler, which I love Amy Poehler. I think she's hilarious. Um, you know, there's trying to think of like her and baby mama way back in the day. I thought that was hilarious. Um, obviously parks and rec, she was phenomenal in parks and rec. Um, but this is a movie that has to do with a girl in high school, um, who's kind of dealing with the fact that her high school revolves around the. I guess the the males right of the school being pretty much horrible human beings and it being passed off as, you know, boys will be boys type deal. Um, So she finds out that her mom, who's played by Amy Poehler, when she was in high school, started this group of women that was pretty much there just to empower women. So um, Amy Poehler's daughter starts her own uh, magazine. Uh, that she calls Moxie that she prints out and puts in the girl's bathroom for everybody to read. And it has stuff like, you know, Hey, tomorrow uh, draw stars on your hands to show support. Um, Or, you know, there's a part in the movie where uh, a girl gets sent home for wearing a tank top um, because, you know, she's showing too much cleavage or something like that. And, you know, Hey, on this day, we're all going to wear tank tops just to show support. And there's a lot of stuff in there that, Unfortunately, I can remember from my high school, right? Just being in high school and seeing some of this stuff where like at the beginning of the movie, you have this list that comes out where they, you know, they have different categories for all the girls. Like, hey, she's she's the most kissable. She's the most bangable. All that's like the horrible stuff like that. And it's stuff that I remember. I remember all that. Right. Like you remember all that stuff going on. And uh, it was a very, very good movie. Um it's a comedy right at its heart. So it is very funny, but I think it's something that's kind of important. Obviously I'm not in high school anymore. Neither one of us are. So I wouldn't hope that it's as bad as it. I remember. Yeah. But I remember some of this stuff and how bad it could be. So um, I think it's an important movie for people to understand that, you know, this stuff still happens um, and it's stuff that needs to stop. So I, Highly recommend this movie. It's it's on my top 10. Obviously, there hasn't been too many movies out so far. I think I'm up to like four or five for the year, but I think it'll probably end up staying there at the end of the year somewhere. Uh, so hats off to Amy Poehler for absolutely killing it with this movie. Um, definitely go watch it. 100%. Everybody has Netflix. So take the time. It's like an hour and 40 minutes. You won't be disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's not that bad at all. Like considering mm-hmm. Raya, I think it's like a two hour movie. So an hour yeah. and 40 minutes isn't isn't terrible at all to get into but uh with that we're going to go into wandavision and i am going to say this right off the bat spoilers if you haven't watched it yet what are you doing like there are people who tell me they really like our breakdowns of Mm -hmm. uh, wandavision so i'm just letting you guys know like go ahead and watch it and come back to the podcast or skip through to the ending but uh we're we're getting into spoilers there's no if and buts or way around it this is the start of the episode of spoilers. Yeah. So we're we're going to go ahead and get into it. So well, before we get into the specifics, what did you think of the episode? Um, It didn't go the way that I thought it was going to go at all. Um, I think we're all waiting for like other people to show up, right? Like I was personally waiting for a Doctor Strange cameo, something. And we didn't get any of that, but it still works. Um, I think it ended up being a phenomenal show tied all together. You know, you get to the end and you realize like, oh, I didn't, you don't really need Dr. Strange to show up. There's enough there um, to carry the show and set up a ridiculous, I think, phase that we're about to go into. So I thought it was great. It didn't go where I wanted to go. I was a little disappointed at first, but I, I can't be disappointed. It was great. It was phenomenal. 
Yeah, um, like overall for the episode, I did really like it. I am disappointed with how a couple of the things went. And I will say the reason that we had this kind of disappointment with the big character um, reveal was, and I did a bit more research, and I like Barstool Sports. And -hmm. apparently Paul Bettany was doing an interview with Barstool Sports where he was like, oh, there's a huge cameo with somebody I really like and wanted to work with for a while. And it kind of turns out it was him. He yep. played himself. <laughs> and what was funny is he also did a post interview after all this. And he was saying, yeah, I kind of wish I didn't say that because it kind of backfired and people theorizing what kind of big um, reveal was going to happen with the whole thing. So, you know, we have to forgive Paul Bettany. You know, he was trying to be he was trying to be creative. He was trying to build tension, which I have no problem with. I mean, the actor's doing his best to hype up the own his own show. So it it was fun. Uh, and now we'll kind of get into specifics more of the episode itself. Um, first off, like Scar- the Scarlet Witch's Wanda's like new costume redesign, I absolutely love. It is such a cool costume. And I think I remember like early reports saying how Elizabeth Olsen kind of did not like the costume that they were given her for the for like the early Scarlet Witch stuff. And I just love what they did with costume here and i know there's comparisons to magneto yep as well in his costume and i'm not a big comic book guy so i really don't know what any of that means but i just thought the costume looked really cool yeah it was an amazing costume i thought it looks really really cool um you get to finally see her full potential i guess is a good way to put it um i think her showdown with agatha was awesome And, you know, the one thing that I didn't want to happen in this show was I did not want them to kill off Agatha, right? She's too good of a villain to kill off already. I want her to hang around. And we, you know, we got that, right? She's still out there. And you have to imagine at some point she's going to play a factor into something, whether um, Elizabeth Olsen's character actually frees her or maybe it's another character that finds a way to freeze her. Um, But man... She's so good. I'm glad that we'll probably get to see her again at some point. Yeah, she's definitely quickly made it into like some of the all time favorite villains of the mm-hmm. Marvel Universe so far. You know, the, the fight was really awesome between those two. I actually really liked what they did with Vision and White Vision's um, fight there, where, yes, it was kind of fast and punchy at first, but eventually, instead of, you know, I feel like they had to find a way to re vision and make him still relevant in whatever this next phase is going to be so instead in a library vision and the other vision start talking about the theseus's ship Mm -hmm. and and the theory of that to where if you don't know like if theseus's ship was kept in an original museum with all its original parts but the wood started to rot away but those parts were replaced over time is that still the original Theseus ship? And even if the wood was scraped away from all of the bark and the original wood was still used, is it still Theseus' ship? So they kind of go into this discussion back and forth about, you know, that neither of these visions are fake. They're both right. kind of real. It's just that one has been has memory suppressed. So I'm going to go with colored vision because mm-hmm. it's colored and white version of vision he goes in and gives him his memories back and white vision flies up into the air and we really don't know what's done with him afterward so there's still kind of a a happy ending hope for wanda Mm -hmm. and maybe that you know this white vision you know either finds his way back to her and and makes things better again but we also don't know uh, on top of that which i don't know i think i just wanted I, i wanted to see visions like wrap up there and maybe some sort of hint as to what they're going to do with him because Mm -hmm. i really have no clue what they're going to do with him at this point yeah i mean they could go a bunch of different ways you know white vision is still an avenger at least in the comic books he is so i would think at some point he's going to come back you would think that he left to go process all that information he was just given right that's like a lifetime of information that just got you know unlocked in his head Um, so I think that's their way of being like, you know, he'll be back 
at some point, whether or not he's the same vision for Wanda, maybe not, you know, maybe there's not the same connection there, but I still think he's going to be around as an Avenger and play a, you know, somewhat important role in the universe. Um, I had had a conversation with somebody else that was, you know, interesting because I had brought up like the Dr. Strange thing about him not showing up. And, uh, you know, my initial reaction was as somebody who is the Sorcerer Supreme and there's this amount of magic going on, why would he not show up? Right. He, he would have to be aware that something yeah. was going on. And the point that was made to me that I thought was really interesting was, yes, he would show up unless he was in another universe. Right. So obviously we're going to find out when his movie comes yeah. out next year. But maybe he wasn't even in the same universe. Maybe he's off doing his own thing, is completely unaware of what's going on with Wanda and Scarlet Witch until he comes back. Um, so I thought that was an interesting way to take it for why he wasn't there. And I'm sure Marvel has a good reason. But also I wanted to bring up that we kind of got to see the first look at Monica's powers, which I thought was cool. Very cool. Yeah. So yeah, she... Mo- Monica's yeah, Monica's character I think is nice. Uh, we don't really know too much about like other than the fact that she jumped in front of a bunch of bullets, mm-hmm. and stopped them, or kind of slowed them down in a way. Mm-hmm. I I really don't know too much about how like her body works now that she's that she's a superhero. But at the end of still at the end of the TV show, she's getting called up to kind of I guess the big leads to where you know her and Nick Fury are supposed to meet. Where I feel yep. like Photon may end up being like a new sort of Nick Fury type thing, because I don't know how, I don't know how many movies Nick Fury and Samuel L. Jackson is signed up for in order to play this character. So I don't know if maybe that's their plan to replace him. Yeah, they were totally a hundred percent setting up, setting her up for uh, Captain Marvel too, for sure. Um, so I think that's cool. Hopefully, she gets to play a big role in just in general, the universe, because I think she's a cool character. Um, but yeah, I think the whole the whole last episode did a good job of wrapping everything up. I really don't have too many complaints um, other than I feel like they kind of misused um, the Quicksilver character a little bit. Uh, just, you know, yeah, he kind of he, he kind of yeah, he kind of got resorted to a, a boner joke and that was about it. So hopefully they have more plans than that. Yeah, I hope so, too. Like, I just I have a like with with how Kevin Feige has been smart about his casting choices. I just really don't know. Like, I feel like there is still something more to this because like Kevin Feige has been so smart about the casting decisions that why would he take that? I think his name is Evan Peters might end up being the the actor why they would take him. And we know who he is. He's Quicksilver and the X-Men and then make him a boner joke in WandaVision. Like, I just feel like bringing him in just for that doesn't make any sense. And if you really wanted to bring back, like, the dead brother, like, couldn't you have just gotten the original actor? Um, So there's a lot of questions about that that I really don't understand. But uh, other than that, I'm extremely excited to see kind of where they take Wanda from here. Because they literally mentioned, like, oh, the Scarlet Witch is stronger than the Sorcerer Supreme. And uh, I don't know, like, Doctor Strange is powerful. Yeah. And, like, if those two either get into, like, a battle and over a misunderstanding with each other or, you know, start working together, those two could probably just, like, destroy anything with, like, a snap of their fingers. Yep. It's going to be interesting. I'm super excited to see where they go from here. Yeah, same here, and and I am I know a lot of people aren't as excited, but I am excited for Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I yep. just think it's going to be a nice, uh, a, a nice good action uh, flick, and I really don't know whether or not they're going to take it like one episode is a mission, and each of these missions get tied up within their own episode, then probably like a two parter or something like that. But still, I'm excited. Both those characters I think are interesting, and we don't know a lot about them still we know i guess more about bucky than we do um falcon but regardless uh, i look forward to it it should be fun 
I, yeah, I think once it gets going and we get a couple episodes in, uh, people will still have the appreciation for WandaVision and how great it is. But I think we'll get settled in and be like, all right, this is still Marvel and it's still going to be good. Mm-hmm. So with that, we're going to go ahead and end the podcast. Thank you guys for listening. And hopefully you got the message in between gaming and movies to get uh, to get in the running for a game card. Now, I realize I didn't mention this earlier, but if you're interested in sharing the podcast, please do so. We would appreciate it to get it out to more people. Second thing is, if you're trying to get into these contests, it is High Sensitivity Podcast at Instagram, correct? Yep, yep. Okay, uh, High Sensitivity Podcast on Instagram. And then it is High Sensitivity Gaming on Twitter. If you're looking for the Twitter handle, though, it is at H-I high underscore sensitivity. High sensitivity was taken, so I had to make a few uh, creative liberties with the uh, Twitter <laughs> handle. So, again, once this episode airs, we will be making an announcement about it and just mention, comment below with what we said we wanted, and you will be in the running for those uh, for those gift cards. So, thanks again for listening. Pay attention to our Twitch streams. Make sure you have notifications on. We haven't posted much on the po- on the website lately. But that's because I'm I'm trying to write something on Bravely Default 2 and on Persona 5 Strikers, but I need to finish those games. Yep. And I'm not I unfortunately don't work for IGN where I get the game early and two, I don't make a deal to play. Not any sort of spite spite to IGN. I wish I had the time they do to make yeah. it. reviewing games a lot easier. But regardless, um, stuff will be going up on the site eventually. It's just a matter of whenever we can get to it. So with cool. that Thanks for tuning in on the one-year anniversary episode, and we'll see you guys next time. See you later.